Welcome to Living Waters Podcast. This message was originally recorded on the 17th of July, 2022. Thank you for listening and being part of our family. So let's get to scripture. We're in the book of Genesis this morning. We're going to the book of Genesis, chapter 25, verses 24 to 34. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first to come out was red, and his whole body was like a hairy garment, so they, call, they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel, so he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. Isaac is the dad, Rebekah the mom. The boys grew up, and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. Isaac who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once, when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country, famished. He said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. That's why he is also called Edom. Jacob replied, first sell me your birthright. Look, I'm about to die, Esau said. What good is a birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first... So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank and got up and left. And so Esau despised his birthright. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that as we continue today on this topic of priorities, Lord, I I pray that you would help us just get things right. That first things would come first in our lives so that we might enjoy the blessing that comes with living in accordance to your design. Help us, Lord, as we try and apply these biblical truths to our lives so that we are inspired by your Holy Spirit, led by your Holy Spirit, and guided by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We were uh, in the shop the other day. That's what people do. We go to shops. And um, we had our kids with us, and, and for those with young children or any children, you know, if you want to save money, don't go to, don't go to the shops and don't take your children with. No offense against children, but uh, I, I feel like I didn't know where money came from until I had to earn it for myself. I'm like, come on, mom, you know, let's swipe that card. You know, there's, <laughs> that's what it's for. Anyway, so usually what we do is we put them in a trolley, we contain them. You know, that's like point number one, contain their hands. Push in the middle of the aisles. I don't care if I offend someone and they have to push around me. I'm not going close to the aisles. That's danger territory. If the kids can reach, I have to pay. So middle of the aisle. But anyway, so this time we don't take a trolley. Abigail was luckily pulling one of those baskets, so she was kind of, you know, busy with that. She didn't really notice what was going on. Will was falling asleep on me, so I was like, okay, well, let's, let's get in and out. We only need shampoo. Let's get in and out. But in this specific shop, for some reason, the valley of the shadow of death is the last aisle you have to pass through. And it is lined with sweets and chocolates and chips. I'm not going to name the shop because... If anywhere from there is watching, I don't want them to think, oh, this church is crazy. But, uh, um, but, but you walk through this, and, and they leave it for last. And you look at this, you know, I'm going to have to walk through all these sweets, all these chocolates, all these chips. And it's a tough one, even for adults, come on, to walk past that valley of the shadow of death. And it's even a zigzag. It's not, it's not even like just a quick, like, oh, there's one shelf. This specific shop, probably about 600 meters of just sweets. I'm exaggerating. That's just what it feels like. And, and um, 
And we're going there with the kids, and I think this is it. This is. And just before we go in, I see, I see Rana bend down to Abby, and I was, it's literally, I think, like shampoo and detangler in the basket. That's all we got. And she, she bows down to Abby, and she just says, Abby, you're not going to take anything off the shelf because we don't need any of these sweeties. And my first thought was, speak for yourself. Because um, <laughs> those lays look really good. The salted lays, you know, I'm like, that's, that's my flavor right there. But I thought, how much easier would life be if we had someone to whisper in our ears, you don't, you don't need it. Stop. You don't need it. And that's really what I want to share on just for a minute today. You don't need it. You don't need it. And as I say that, I know a lot of people are really like, I don't know where he's going with that. Some people are like, oh, we're trapped. Um, is the, are the doors locked yet? Can I get out? But so often in life, we're confronted with this difficult tension between wants and needs. The things that we want, we confuse as the things that we need, and the things that we need, we ignore because it's not so comfortable. Um, and in times, what we think we need, we, we're actually willing, man, to spend our lives chasing things we want instead. And what starts happening is, is you think what you need is chocolate, but actually what you need is a salad and a brisk walk around the block. Uh, sorry, should I go? Yeah, boring. If I, this, this, this sermon should have come with some warning signs. You think you need that second helping, but actually what you need is a glass of water. You're just dehydrated. You think you need to buy that, but actually what you need is to save your money. You think what you need is to go golfing. Any golfers? I'm just sorry. Go cycling. I just want to make sure I don't step on too many toes. But what you need is to have a meal with your family. Now, I'm not saying these things are evil. Please hear me out. None of these things are evil. I'm saying we should never confuse what we want with what we actually need. So that's what I want to talk about today. Because in setting up priorities, it is so much more important for us to be able to balance this, this wants and needs things in our lives. Because, man, how different would our lives not look if we, rather than ask, what do I want, ask, what do I need in life? How much more content we would be in life if we focused on our needs rather than our wants? Because you I might be discontent in life because you don't have that new Toyota Corolla cross-hybrid which is the ultimate car, but uh, you still have a car. And maybe even if you don't have a car, maybe even if you can't afford a car, man, you got feet that could walk to church this morning. Praise Jesus for that. So if we're not thinking about what we need, but rather what we want, we're going to be, be chasing what the world tells us we need all the time, and we're going to be locked into this idea of, I need more, I need more. No. No, it is time that we start looking again what it is we truly need and what's actually wants. For some reason, every time I drive past the McDonald's, man, am I hungry. I'm starving, and the only thing that could fill and nourish my body is a Big Mac meal. Um, <laughs> it doesn't take a degree to realize that's not a real need, Hein. 
That's really not a real need. But, but that's what we need to start doing here. And here in Genesis, we saw this exact issue unfolding. In Genesis 25, what we just read, we saw Jacob was cooking some stew because Jacob was a quiet guy. He preferred to stick at home, do his thing. By the way, he became Israel, the father of Israel, by the way. Incredible guy, really. A little bit cunning, but, but incredible guy. He was cooking some stew. Esau comes in. Esau is hungry. Esau has spent the day out in the field. Esau is ready to indulge. But what I want you to notice, he says, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm hungry. So Jacob looks at the situation. He thinks, this is my opportunity. Quick, I need something. So the world looks at his opportunity and say, ha, here I can catch them. Here I can catch them. And he says, okay, give me your birthright. Aim high much. Um, <laughs> let me have your inheritance. Let me take from you the promise that was actually spoken over Abraham that should have been yours. And then, listen to what Esau says. I'm about to die. <laughs> what good is a birthright to me? Now, if you don't... <laughs> If you don't recognize this in your life, I think it's time to be a little bit more honest with ourselves because I think we've all fallen into that trap of thinking, if I don't get this now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die. If my existence is over. If I don't, if I don't buy that now, I, I lose everything. If I don't own this now, if I don't eat that now, if I, don't, if, if I will just absolutely cease to exist, how dramatic. And hunger is something you'll feel again in half an hour. That's the worst thing. Okay, maybe an hour. That's the worst thing. So this was such a fleeting moment. And, and by the way, I went and I did the research. Um, depending on how much resource you have, um, you can go anything from like eight days to several months without food. I just want to put that out there for context. If you got a bit of resource, there's actually a guy that has fasted for a year. A year. No food. Water, obviously, drink water every day, two liters, do that. Um, but, but what is important to note here is he wouldn't have died. His perspective was wrong. He wasn't about to lose his life, literally fall into the ground if he didn't get this stew, not a chance. The problem was he wasn't dying. The problem was he was so focused on his temporary wants and needs that he started trading eternal value for it. He was so focused on, on, I want that nourishment now. That's what I want now. That's what I want to put in my body now. That's what I want to enjoy now. That he was starting to trade long-term things for it. And here's the problem with, with what happens when we, we start trading you know, our lives for these temporary fleeting things. If that becomes our focus, we will eventually pay long-term interest on it. Long-term consequence will happen. And, and for most of us, we know that. We know that instinctively. So the beginning of the month come and, okay, now you got a, a bit of money in your account. Let's go out and, and party. No, because, well, my kids need to eat. So um, they need a roof over their heads. So, so no, not a chance. You know, we, we must realize that this concept of eternal or long-term versus short-term is so important because it affects every single area of our lives. 
even if you don't believe in Jesus, you cannot deny the importance of actually just thinking long-term rather than short-term. The only difference is when it comes to Jesus, we need to consider eternity as well. Because there are longer-term consequences than what we even realize with our short-term actions. And when we lose sight of, of long-term importance, our relationships will suffer. Our work will suffer. Our families will suffer. Our spirituality will suffer. Because short-term, you might have felt like pushing the snooze button again this morning. Some of us did. Don't worry, I won't look at you. <laughs> Short-term, you might want to take a nap during work hours every day. Short-term, it might be nicer to spend all your money on the first of the month. Long-term, you're going to suffer. Long-term, you're going to suffer. And so often, we invest our entire lives on things we don't really need. Things that, that really is not that important. And I think one of the main differences between us and Esau, maybe, is that um, Esau knew exactly what was going to happen. Esau knew exactly what he was trading. In that moment, I mean, his brother is standing in front of him, and his brother is saying, hey, give me your birthright. Listen, this is a big deal. This is about the biggest thing they have to trade, and I'll give you this bowl of stew. Now, as, now, we look at them, we go, that sounds crazy. That sounds crazy. But so often, we make similar decisions without realizing the consequences. Similar decisions without realizing the consequences. And, and the devil is good at this. Can I just say, the enemy is good at this. At trapping you in thinking you need something so that you would trade something far more valuable. You, you need to, you know, just get drunk a little bit. Yeah, just so, so you can get your mind off of things, you know. But he knows, the enemy knows, that if you go down that road, you're going to end up someplace you do not want to be. You're going to end somewhere you do not want to go. And I know I say this often. I do know I say this often. Don't start down a road if you do not intend to go where it's leading. Don't start down the road if you do not intend to go where it's leading. If I'm on my way to Nelspreit, I don't take the Leidenberg turnoff. I mean, we get that. Practically, we get that. We're thinking, Hein, you know, that's silly. But for some reason, we're thinking, as long as I'm not that, you know, then I'll be good. So let's do that. I don't want to be abusive like my, like my father was, or I don't want to be absent, or I don't want to be this. So I'm just going to, you know, go golfing during my, I don't know why golfing. Um... <laughs> browse social media while I should be having a meal with my children. We, we tend to go down those roads even though we don't want to be where they lead. And, and this is such a key concept here because while Esau knew what he was trading, we don't always, and, and let me rather say, we don't want to know. It's, it's much easier not to consider long-term consequence for short-term satisfaction. It's much easier because then you can say, oh, I didn't realize. Oh, sorry. But at that point, the birthright was sold. At that point, a promise was made that could not be 
reversed. Because only one of those two things were important, the stew or the birthright, was really important. Let's be real. The stew wasn't that. It was lentil stew. I mean, maybe it was like a lacquer poiki or something like that. <laughs> now I'm joking. Not even a poiki is worth your birthright. But, but it was lentil stew, people. And he was willing to trade his birthright for it. Now, I just want to say, even Isaac, their, their dad, had a similar issue because it actually says that Isaac loved Esau more because he liked game meat and Esau was the hunter. So even Isaac, their dad, was more guided by his stomach than what he was by the promises of God because the parents knew, by the way, read a couple of verses back, the parents knew that the, the older would serve the younger. Even their dad was more, more obsessed with his stomach, which is an interesting thought. Let's move on. But a good way that we can combat this, that we can come against this, the snare that the enemy is busy setting for you, let me promise you that, is to check this word that he says. He says, quick, quick, let me have some of that red stew. Quick, before I can think any further. Quick, I need it now. Quick. And one of the best things you can do is pause. Just pause. Give it a minute. Give it an hour. Give it a day. One of the best financial principles is don't buy anything within a few days. If you want something, wait seven days, then buy it. Because if I had to buy everything that I felt like I wanted in that moment, my house would be full of stuff I don't need. <laughs> Things that I was so sure would fulfill me in that moment. A week later, I'm like, I'm so glad I did not buy that. I, mean, <laughs> I would have zero use for it. But sometimes you have to eat quickly after your meal. Otherwise, you'd be too full to enjoy the ice cream. Quickly, before I realize how full I am, let's get that second helping of malfa pudding, you know. Quick, quick. But, but this is so important because impulsivity can be the killer of priorities. Now, I'm not talking about being fun and doing something impulsive like taking your family out for the day without, you know, maybe thinking of it for six months. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about living a lifestyle that you don't calculate any of your decisions or your motives. Because impulsivity can be the killer of priorities. Again, I'm not saying any of these things are evil. I'm saying we lack self-control because we don't understand what our priorities should be. How can you chase something or know what you want in life if you've never considered what's important or what you actually want? If Esau had the right mindset about his birthright, he would have never sold it for a bowl of stew. What are those things in your life that should be guarded with everything but might get sold for nothing just because we've not considered what's important what should be our priorities what should be our treasures and this treasure word is important Matthew 6 21 it just simply says for where your treasure is there your heart will also be and you can also say where your heart is there you will spend your treasure and by treasure here, it doesn't at all speak of just money. It's talking about things that are valuable. It's talking about your time, your energy, your expertise, your assets, those things we spend where our heart is, and then our heart follows where we spend our treasures. And why I, I want to talk about this for a moment 
And I know some of you heard that time word, and I know that's a swear word because as, as soon as you ask someone, hey, how are you doing? They're often, I mean, I'm guilty of this as well. Our answer is busy. Hey, how are you doing? No, I'm busy. So how was your day? Oh, busy. How was your, how was your week? Busy. Yeah. That's, that's become our, our answer. So we don't even say, no, I'm good anymore, you know, which didn't really mean anything. But now we're saying busy. Now, granted, yes, over time, people's average works, work week has increased severely over the years for the last 50 years. Granted. But everyone's busy. Everyone's busy. And as soon as I say time, people get antsy because I don't have time for this. Talk about something else, something that I don't have time for time. But, but something that I need you to realize today is that every single day you are given 1,440 minutes or 86,400 seconds, 86,400 moments that you get to decide what you're going to do with it, that you get to control. I told the worship team just now, um, as I was just thinking on this, it wasn't in my notes, but God created everything. And on the sixth day, finally, He created mankind. This was after he created the world. This is after he created the concept of time. And then he says, have dominion over it. Rule over it. And for some reason, we have made ourselves a slave to time again. Rather than controlling the moments that God has blessed us with, we've allowed the enemy to use that same blessing against us. Let me tell you something. You have more than enough time for what you make time for. More than enough. People are like, if I can just have a few more hours, and I, I'm, I'm guilty of this as well. Let me be very honest. I'm, I'm guilty of this as well, but we so often think, if I just have a little bit more time, no, you just need to spend your time better. Time cannot be taken from you. That's impossible. You can only choose to spend your time somewhere. And I'm hammering in on this. Last week, we spoke a little bit more about finances. This week, I want to talk about prioritizing your time. And, and I, just to give you an example of why I'm saying you don't need any more of it, because if we get more, we'll probably misspend it anyway, because the average WhatsApp user in South Africa opens the app between 23 and 25 times a day. Average. I only open it about five times. So I don't know what y'all doing. That's crazy, guys. Relax. And you can go on your phone and, and you can go to settings or something and check exactly how much time you spend in what, in, in what app. But on average, in South Africa, this is for ages 18 to 65, on average, we spend 38 minutes a day using just that app. 38 minutes a day. This is average, which means some of us are thinking, no, not a chance until you go check how much time you're actually spending. And for others, like, no, two, three hours a day, easy. Okay, let me just put that into context. That's almost 20 hours a month. It's almost a full day a month you spend just on WhatsApp. Imagine you invested that into your marriage. So South Africa, <clears throat> um, South Africa is also, let me just go past that quickly. South Africa is the fourth highest internet user in the world. Fourth highest in the whole world on time spent on the internet. And you're thinking, how do we work on the internet? Yeah. Not 11 hours a day. <laughs> on average, average, we spend 10 hours a day on the internet. That does not include TV time. 
10 hours a day. Let's put some context. All right, so that is 154 days a year we spend on the internet. True story. I'm sorry, Hein, what does this have to do with Jesus? I'm getting there. The average person spends about three and a half hours a day or 52,925 minutes a year scrolling social media. This is averages for South Africa. For those who have accounts, three and a half hours a day, 36 days, 18 hours and five minutes, almost 37 days a year scrolling outside world being removed from where we actually are. It goes on, 71% of South African adults are playing games on their phones. I was shocked by that number. Um, and many of them in ex ex excess, there we go, of four hours a day. This is insane. This is absolutely insane. Just to give some context, they're saying adults, if you want to be healthy, you should be spending about 30 minutes or 150 minutes if it's light exercise, 75 minutes a week if it's, if it's heavy exercise. That's all you need to spend. I mean, that's not much, but only about 71% of men and 53% of women actually reach that goal. So we're willing to spend 100 times more on WhatsApp than what we're willing to spend exercising. On WhatsApp, social media, than what we're willing to spend exercising every day. In fact, let's, let's, whoa, let's read this. The latest stats that I could find for South Africa is that on average, men in South Africa spend nine minutes a day exercising and women two minutes. Well done. <laughs> High five. We have rising fatalities because of diabetes, heart disease, inactive lifestyles. We do. Because we're busy selling birthrights for bowls of stew. We're busy giving up what is important. The very bodies that God gave us, that God blessed us with, we're feeding with junk. Emotionally, Physically, mentally, spiritually. Now, I'm not saying this because I want us to be the most active church in Sabi, which would be cool. Um, welcome to join me on a bike ride this week. Um, I'm saying this to show you that, that something is wrong with how we prioritize our lives. Something is wrong when we don't prioritize God relationship with Him, our families, our spouses. Something is very wrong if we as a country can spend half of our time, our waking hours on the internet, but we can't throw a ball with our kids outside. Something's wrong. And we need to ask that very, very, very important question. What is really important? What is truly important for me? Now, I know, listen, I'm also guilty of this. Um, this is not, this is me saying, hey, I reckon, I'm, I'm one of those guys that say, sleep when you're dead. You know, the devil's not taking off day. Why should I? You know, <laughs> that, that, that's, and that's wrong. Because what starts happening is other things start suffering. Your health, your emotional well-being, your family, your finances, things start suffering when we get these priorities wrong.
So today, I'm not talking about something specifically. I rather want you to start asking yourself in your life, what is the birthright you're selling for a bowl of stew? What is the birthright that you're selling for a bowl of stews? A gift from God, a position that He gave you. Maybe it's, it's your physical health. Maybe it's, it's something way bigger than that. What is that you're selling? And the only way that you can answer that question is to ask yourself, what is really important? What is the destination I want to get to emotionally, physically, spiritually? And are my decisions at the moment leading me there? When we speak about priorities, we have to consider what is really important. And we have to stop selling gifts from God, birthrights, for something as simple and mundane as a bowl of stew. Let me pray for us. Thank you, Lord, that we have so many precious, beautiful gifts from you. I want to thank you for every moment that you have given us, all those thousands and thousands of moments every day, which is a free gift from you. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us spend them well. That we would become, as you created us to be, king and queen of our own time. Help us, Lord, to have dominion over it once again and not be ruled by the pressures of this life. So help us, Lord, to, to set straight what is really important, to invest what is valuable, our treasures, not in temporary spaces, but things that have long-term and eternal impact in our lives. Thank you, Lord, that even today we can make changes in our lives. We can repent and realize that there are some, of our, some areas of our lives that's out of whack, and, and we want to we wanna fix that. We want to get that right. So even today, Lord, help us to take a long, hard look at our priorities. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will help, help us to see what birthrights we are selling for a bowl of stew. Help us to see what is really important so that we might invest our lives into it. In Jesus' name, amen.